As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Notes on The Athletic Podcast Network. I am Dave DeFore. And this is a Utah Jazz podcast, so I think I am legally bound to only talk about the Utah Jazz with my man, Tony Jones. What's up, Tony? What's going on, my dog? Yeah, literally, it's in my contract. I, I can only talk about the Jazz with you. We can't talk about That's the it. Warriors and how good Stephen Curry is? Oh, no, no, no. We can talk about other stuff. But if I'm going to talk about the Utah Jazz, it's only with you. And, you know, I wouldn't oh, have okay. it any other way, Tony. I get it. I get it. You know, when you're, when you're texting me at 5 a.m. because you've been up all night playing Madden. You Let know? me tell you how addictive <laughs> Madden has gotten for me, okay? I almost became single the other day. <laughs> Over Madden? Yes. What is this, 1994? No. Do you know how to listen? I have to go through the franchise mode. Like, you have to play the franchise mode. You have to go through your, your, you know, progressions. Like, I, I spent an hour trying to restructure a contract for my best player because I didn't have the salary cap room, so I had to cut a bunch of people. Like, it's it's all-encompassing. You have to be all in when you play when you play Madden on franchise mode. Are you good at actually playing Madden? Yeah, Tony. I'm. I'm are you on PS4 or PS5 no. or what? Xbox One. The Xbox. Do they one have cross-platform play? So if no. I get a PS5, we can't play Madden against each other. No, you gotta get Xbox One. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Then um, I could beat your ass. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, no. Maybe we'll just we'll figure this out. Maybe we'll have we'll tack this on as, as another challenge this will be we'll call this a physical challenge even though it's going to be sitting on our butts but uh, i think i want to play you in madden i haven't played madden in forever like 10 years maybe but i think i'm going to cook you i think you're going to cook me steak or else you're going <laughs> to i think you're going to get somebody to cook me steak well if we're so. talking video games i i got hades on the switch and i love that game uh but speaking of video games look man the utah jazz basically look like a 2k franchise who juked their stats, man? Who turned everybody's stats up? Nobody. Listen, who's having a career year? Collectively, they are. Nobody's having a career But year. nobody, no one individual. They're, no. They are Borg. Like, people are on Twitter talking about they're shooting at an unsustainable level and this and that. There's nobody on this team other than maybe Royce O'Neal that's shooting at an outlier status on, on volume. Yeah. And if anything... Boyan Bogdanovich is shooting below his career levels at this point. What happens when he turns it up? Exactly. So Tony, the question you, is. You asked me. Hold on. Wait. No, I want to. I'm going to. Let me set you up because you asked me this and I got so excited about this question. Okay. 
because I, I think we've talked around this quite a bit all year, and everyone right now, because the Utah Jazz are the best team in basketball, they are playing the best basketball that anybody's playing by a lot. It's not close. Number one defense, number number two offense, I believe. Yes. I mean, this is pretty incredible. And you asked me what I thought was the most important question about the Jazz generally, because it, it it's very much a faith-based question. Do you believe in the Utah Jazz? I do believe in the Utah Jazz. And I didn't three weeks ago. Okay, Not to so the degree I do now. What is with, you know, Nick Wright saying that there are six teams in the Western Conference better than the Utah Jazz? I don't know Nick Wright. <laughs> I mean, this is the Fox Sports guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what are the I six mean, teams? I mean, I'm, I'm curious just saying, about this. Who are the six teams? I didn't see the clip, so I want to, you know, I want to know. I mean, know. just by the numbers, you can't find six better offenses or six better defenses. Just just individually. What do you what do you mean? Six better teams. Okay, so Markeith Morris, you know, what did he say last night? He said, "Hey, you know, the Jazz beat our ass, but we all know it's going to be a different story come the playoffs. And it might be. And it might but what be. if it's not, Tony? What if, what if it's not a different story? I think two things can be true right now. I think the Utah Jazz are not favorites to win the NBA championship, but the Utah Jazz are contenders. And it's a disservice to the Utah Jazz to dismiss the work that they've put in this season. They are 26-6 and six with the best net rating in the NBA. By a significant margin. All the indicators are good, Tony. I think that at this point, if you're ignoring the indicators, that's on you. Plain and simple. This team can play basketball. And they can play in pretty much any style you want to a certain degree. Obviously, they've got roster limitations. But they've shown that you know they're not going to just get destroyed and drop coverage. Yes. This is not the Milwaukee Bucks. And people keep bringing up the Atlanta Hawks and you know the 2014 or whatever Atlanta Hawks. I get I get what people mean there because and I, we gave Jay King a hard time on basketball buds about that, but I understand the sentiment because as you just mentioned, nobody is standing out as like a career year guy, but clearly you have a pecking order there. Like you have a star in Donovan Mitchell and you have a star in Rudy Gobert, and and those guys are better. Than, I mean, was is Paul Millsap or or Al Horford in Atlanta on on the level of those guys? I don't know about that. The question is for me, did that Hawks team have a Donovan Mitchell? Absolutely not. They did not have a drink stirrer like that. That Hawks team had one dynamic ball handler, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't Jeff Teague, you know, they had to manufacture points. Now they did it really well. Yeah. You know, but you know, Donovan Mitchell was a home run hitter. That Hawks team didn't have a home run hitter. Well, you got four guys who can create off the dribble, run, pick, and roll. I mean, you just have you just have more guys who are better at stuff that matters in the NBA right now. But I want to I want to ignore the Atlanta Hawks from 2014, and I think the team we should be thinking about with this team. And Tony, I promise you, this is not a hot take. What about the 2014 Golden State Warriors? Remember how they were tearing things up in the regular season, and nobody believed. A jump-shooting team can't win a title. You remember this? Yes. Well, what happened that year, Tony? They won a title. How are they going to beat LeBron? LeBron. Well, LeBron The super got team hurt. in Cleveland. LeBron's well, team got they, hurt. they had some injuries. They had some injuries. They had two really But I don't think it was going to be close. I don't think it was going to be won, close. They would have won that series had they been Hall. I disagree. I don't think so. I, wa- I mean, I watched the Warriors run rough shot over the league. Listen, they would have won that series if Kyrie and, and Kevin Love... But let, let's talk about what happened. They won a title. That's right. Every team gets injury luck. Yes. Every year. 
They won a title. Utah might get some injury luck this year. You know, we we saw them against the Lakers without Anthony Davis, without Dennis Schroeder. Anthony Davis is out for, you know, a month. What happened on Wednesday night that, you know, I take away is that if the Lakers want to beat the Jazz, Anthony Davis and LeBron James both better be healthy. They can't do it without 100%. one of the other. Absolutely. That, and that's what the Jazz proved. So they thumped even the if, team even that if they that doesn't thumped, mean anything, because right? here's the thing. If the Jazz has struggled with the Lakers one by 10, you know, just kind of pulled away in the final minutes, made two or three more shots, got two or three more stops, what would we all be saying? We'd be saying, well, they're saying it anyway, but we'd be really saying, oh, once they get Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder back, there's nothing. They're just gonna. They're, they would just be able to blow past the Jazz. The Jazz won by 25 on Wednesday night. That's a pretty good margin for error. That tells me that even with the Lakers healthy and whole, you know this Jazz is a formidable opponent to them and a formidable deterrence to them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And I think they are to anybody. How do you feel about the Clippers game? Because I think that one... You know, everybody was healthy, and it was really like one of the few marquee matchups we've had where everybody was healthy, and the Clippers win the game, but I didn't feel like the Clippers looked like they were head and shoulders better than Utah or anything like that. They looked like they were on the same tier to me. I thought the Clippers played a great game. I thought the Jazz played a good game, and the Clippers won by four. Now, the game got a lot closer in the end than it should have been. Mm Mm-hmm. That probably should have been an 8-10 to point Clippers win instead of a 4-point Clippers win. I tweeted this, you know, the Clippers are the only team in the league defensively that I've seen be able to consistently take the Jazz out of what they do offensively because of their long and athletic wings, because of how good Pat Beverly is on the ball, and because of the way they they were able to switch everything. So I thought that that was noteworthy. I thought that Ty Lue was dumb for bringing out that all-wing lineup in a, in a game in February because the only thing that he that accomplished, I mean, they might have gotten a win, but they showed the lineup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now the Jazz are now the Jazz are going to be able to, to, to prepare for it. Uh, I would have bought it out in, in the series. I would have kept it under wraps until the series and made the Jazz adjust to it then. I will say there there is one concern, like generally, with Utah. Do they have enough mid-range shooting? To get it done in the playoffs because we know that defenses are going to change and they're going to be running him off the three-point line, in particular in transition where Utah is feasting. Are Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and and Boyan going to be able to take advantage of that and hit those mid-range buckets that you have to make? To win a playoff series. Oh, yeah. 100%. All you three of those guys are good, in the mid- are good in the mid-range. I've seen the Jazz win games in the mid-range this year. They won the Atlanta game because they embraced the mid-range. Okay, but this is where I worry about the length over the course of a series. I mean, we're a long way away from the playoffs. But I do think that there are things that you can point to that are potential weaknesses, especially in a series against the Clippers. I may have switched how I feel about this. I may feel like the Clippers are a worse matchup for Utah. Because of all that length. And it's hard for Utah to match it. Well, here's what I think. So, the other thing is we forgot about Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is absolutely money in the mid-range. He gets 10 to 12 feet from the basket. His floater is going in 
you know, not 80 to 90 percent of the time or it, it's what it seems. Now, to answer your question, here's here's what I think uh, about the matchups against the Lakers versus the matchups against the Clippers. If the Lakers and the Jazz got into a series, I don't see many avenues for Anthony Davis to play power forward against the Jazz. I think for the Lakers to beat the Jazz, Anthony Davis is going to have to play the five. Yep. And if Anthony Davis plays the five, that means that the size mismatch that was so prevalent for the Lakers and the Jazz last year is not there this year. You know, so because I don't think that they can play Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell against the Jazz. I think the Jazz will eat them alive and drop coverage or eat them alive on switches because they're so good off the dribble. I think that for the Lakers to be successful against the Jazz defensively, it's going to have to be Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron James at the four, and Kyle Kuzma at the three, and you switch you switch absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the Clippers don't have that problem against the Jazz. They can play their regular lineup and just switch everything. Right. Surge is a problem, right? Yes, because he can shoot mm-hmm. and because he's a good rim protector. Tony, I will say this. If Anthony Davis plays like the Kevin Durant clone that he was in the bubble this year in the playoffs, nobody's beating the Lakers. Like, you're not coming close. But I do think that, again, I may feel this way, you know, completely differently. I may feel this way right now, but I may feel completely differently a month from now. Anthony Davis comes back and they're rolling again. But as of right now, I feel much better about Utah's chances. This is the facade, right? I think the Lakers are exhausted. I think they've played a lot of basketball. You see the Lakers, you see the Miami Heat. Both of those guys, those are those were the last two standing, and both of those both of those teams to me have just looked sluggish this year. And I think they've played a lot of basketball. I don't think they had nearly enough all season time. So I think that part of what we're seeing is a facade, you know, especially if they're able to get some some guys some time off, you know, towards the end of the regular season. You know, I think the Lakers are in cruise control. Now, that being said, I just don't think on paper that the Lakers are as much of a matchup issue for the Jazz as they were last year. There was no way that the Jazz could match up with the Lakers last year because Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee were so long and athletic and physical on both ends of the floor and that they occupied Rudy Gobert's time. And then you were left with, you know, Royce O'Neal or Bojan Bogdanovic, you know, to deal with Anthony Davis. And then by the time you figured that, oh, by the way, there's LeBron James. And, you know... I think the Lakers were more physical defensively on the perimeter than they were than they are this year. I think they were better defensively on the perimeter than, than they have been this year. You know, so it's not as huge a matchup. I think that the Lakers really missed Dwight Howard and they really missed JaVale McGee. You know, Marcus All is not the same, you know, run and jump athlete, you know, physicality, clear everybody out. Uh, on both in in the paint on both ends of the floor that those two guys were not at this stage of his career. So, you know, I think that there are going to be some some matchups where in in the playoffs where Marcus is going to have trouble staying on the floor. Same thing with Montrezl Harrell. I think you're going to see a lot more Anthony Davis at the five if, if the Lakers want to win a championship this year. And here's the other thing about Marcus Saul. The idea of him as a stretch big is whatever, because he does shoot threes, but he's not a shooter. 
He's a hesitant three-point shooter. The big switch a couple years ago when, when the Raptors won the title, when they were down 2-0 to the Bucks, you know what the big schematic change was? Marcus Gasol started launching, started shooting. Now, if they can get him to do that, which he ought to be doing, then it's different. But if he's going to play the way he has, then I don't think Utah would be worried about him at all. And, and I'm kind of with you. I think you got to go Anthony Davis at the five, and you got to try to work that advantage. You know, Anthony Davis versus Gobert and let him kind of go to work a little bit. I agree with you completely. We're so far ahead even thinking about that series because, again, right now, like, I think the biggest storyline in the Western Conference is not only that, that Utah is playing so well and, and that the schematic changes that they've that they've implemented to counteract some of the roster deficiencies, you know, the lack of length, the, the you know, lack of uh, – dynamic creation on the wing. Like you do have guys who can create, but not like, you know, Kawhi or LeBron. Like you have guys who can do basic creation stuff, but you don't have a next level wing creator. But they, they've they changed it up in a way that I think can make up for those things. It's going to be interesting. I, I think this, Utah may have the most fascinating playoff run of any team in in the NBA this year because of the glaring weaknesses that they definitely have on paper and the way that they've managed to cover them in this regular season. You know, the the, the question is, can this translate to the playoffs? And you're right. Like, when we get to the playoffs, everybody's going to run the Jazz off the line or they're going to try to. So how did the Jazz counteract? When, you know, Utah's second unit is uh, by far, far and away the best second unit in the league. And, you know... It's a huge advantage, their second unit minutes. But in the playoffs, everybody plays 42 minutes a night. So your second unit minutes aren't going to be as prevalent in the playoffs as they are in the regular season. So those are natural questions that the Jazz are going to have to answer for themselves. But I think the disingenuous part is that people just are just automatically dismissing them. And I think that's really unfair to what, what the Jazz have accomplished so far, because I think you know, when you're 26 and six, you know, you have a 32 game sample size and you're the best net rating team in the league saying stuff like, oh, can the Jazz keep this up? Or, you know, are the Jazz peaking too early? You know, things like that. We didn't ask this of the Lakers when they, they started 21 and three last year. You know, right. We didn't, we didn't ask, ask about it the Warriors. <laughs> you know, we you didn't know? ask this of the Warriors. But at the same time, I understand, you know, where the consternation comes from and I understand that, you know, the Jazz are going to have to go out and prove it on some level or on a high level. But I think two things can be true. I think that you can look at playoffs, you know, things might get different for the Jazz in the postseason. But at the same time, you can acknowledge how good the Jazz have been and, you know, how formidable they look to be going forward. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, should we look back at the week that was before we get to our picks? Yes. Okay. So, they had the four games since we recorded. Actually, excuse me, three games because one, uh, one of the Clippers games was the back-to-back. So they lost that Clippers game that was close. Then they beat Charlotte and they beat the Lakers. Overall, like you and I said last week, we're not picking against them until they lose. I'm going to go one further. I still can't pick against them even though they lost. And they've got a tough – I think this is a tough road trip. You know, you and I were talking about it before we 
started recording. I mean, it's Miami, Orlando, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. And, I mean, there could be a trap game in there. I'm going to pick them to go 3-1, and one, even though I think that there's a chance that they can go 2-2. Two and two. Oh, all right. So you got them beating the Heat. I have them beating the Heat. Same. I think that, you know, they're just – they're a way better team, and they ought to win. Like, that should be a game that they win. They're a way better team right now. They're playing better basketball. I still am not sure exactly what's happening with the Heat. I mean, they've, they've sorted some of their stuff out, but against good opponents, they're just not able to get it done. So I, I think they're going to win that game. What about Orlando? I mean, you got all-star Nikola Vucevic that you got to worry about, but that's about it. It's a back-to-back, but I think the Jazz win that game. Yeah. Don't have to leave the state. Don't have to change time zones. You're in Orlando in an hour uh, after Miami. Yeah. So even though that's a back-to-back, I think uh, I think the Jazz win that game. I don't think that Orlando has the firepower, uh, even even with the Jazz at a rest disadvantage in that game. New Orleans playing better basketball, better defense. I'm going to pick the Jazz to win that game, but I think that's going to be a close game. I'm picking them to lose that game. It's a matchup problem. Right, it's the the Zion matchup. If, if Zion can can win his matchup, I think the Pelicans w- can win that game. And I think the the Pelicans are a different team than the Jazz saw in Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, Stan Van Gundy has put the ball in Zion's hands, so Zion's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. So um, I definitely think that that's I, I'm going to pick the Jazz to win, and I think, but I think that that's going to be a really close game. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Jazz lose that game. And then they've got Philadelphia uh, as the last game before the All-Star break. And look, Philadelphia is the best team in the East. They're very good. Joel Embiid is is possibly a leading MVP candidate right now. I think Utah is going to beat Philadelphia. And, and I think that this is a signature game for them. Good to great teams beat other good to great teams. That's the game I'm picking the Jazz to lose. So we could potentially go into the All-Star break because we're tied right now at 21-10. and 10. One of us could go into the All-Star break with a two-game lead, potentially. And that's going to be a long All-Star break for the Jazz. The Jazz are going to be off for nine days. So if one of us are leading, like I fully ex- I fully expect spam texts and emails for nine days from one of us to the other. <laughs> uh, and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Listen, uh, I, I always love I always love on Twitter because I can't really tell if they're rooting for me or against me. It's tough with you, Tony. Like they obviously everybody loves Tony, but I also think that they really want me to get that stake paid for by you. So you know, guys, keep keep pulling for me. Keep me in your thoughts as I as I embark on this quest to get Tony to pay Any up on a bet. Any chance I owe you a stake that I can just do the Outback Steakhouse or Texas Roadhouse thing? No, no. sir. No chance. No. No, no. Tony, no. you and – no. We're going to eat a real steak. That's that going to happen. Don't, don't, not that Outback's not a real steaks. steak. It's just but a I mean, little bit you, tougher. Listen, wine pairing. Like, I want the whole deal, man. The whole deal. Uh, Yeah, Utah – look, Utah is going to go into the break, the best team in the West. I think that's a great thing to be able to hang your hat on. And, you know, they've, they've got the easiest strength of schedule the rest of the way. They ought to be the one seed. Barring unexpected circumstances, they are in the driver's seat to be the one seed. And I don't think 
anyone believed that they would be there at this point. If you're the Lakers or the Clippers and the Jazz are the one seed, do you drop to the four seed to see the Jazz in round two? I definitely think you don't want to see the Clippers or Lakers in the second round. But Utah's getting there, man. They're getting there. Uh, we're getting there, Tony. We're getting to the all-star break. I'm ready. I'm going to sleep. That's what I've been telling everybody that I'm going to do. I'm not going to watch you know, I have to watch a bunch of basketball. I'm going to nap. It's going to be great. I'm going to set my hammock up. we got 75 degrees coming here in North Texas next week. I'm pumped. Spring is here. I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to try to get some rest. You're going to play Madden. We already figured this out. I'm Your gonna wife's going to make you move I'm out. So you definitely going to play a lot of Play Madden. There's no question <laughs> I'm going to play a lot of Madden. All right. That's going to do it for this week, folks. For my good friend, Tony Jones, I'm Dave DeFore. We'll be back next week with another episode of Game Notes. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.